You are listening to A One Pint Stand, a Minnesota craft beer podcast that tells the stories of craft beer in Minnesota and beyond. So kick back and grab a cold one. The show starts now. Hello, my name is Dan Bobian, and I write, produce, and host a One Pint Stand. I'm ecstatic that you're listening. This podcast has been a passion project of mine since 2016. This episode, uh, this excuse me, this two-part episode of a One Pint Stand is all about Lupulin Brewing Company's Big Beer Week 2023, which will run from Sunday, March 5th to Sunday, March 12th. It will showcase a grand total of 42 different beers. 16 which of which are brand new, and 26 of which are returning from years past. The Big Beer Week preview episode is always so much fun. I want to thank them so much for having me up. We absolutely had a blast. So the first part of our interview is going to be live on Sunday, February 19th, and the second part will go live on Thursday, February 23rd, to give you a little bit of time in between. Uh, to work on clearing your calendars so that you can get up there for as many of the days because you are going to want to try to get the much-anticipated and sought-after Big Beer Week 8-Day t-shirt. And Marcus is going to explain all about that on the podcast. Uh, With all that, let's head out to Lupulin Brewing in Big Lake, Minnesota for the Big Beer Week 2023 preview episode of A One Pint Stand. Cheers. Welcome to a One Pint Stand. I'm your host, Dan Bobian, and I am on location at Lupulin Brewing Company for their much-anticipated annual Big Beer Week. We'll be diving deep into the high ABV pool to preview this year's boozy festivities. But before we do that, I want to say thank you all for having me up here. This is one of my favorite podcasts of the year, and this is, I think we've done it every year. I remember the first one was a Sunday afternoon out in the, out in the main taproom area, and it was, a, it was a lengthy affair. I remember lots of laughs and lots of, lots of wonderful beers, so thank you so much for having me up here, um, and I, I love talking about Big Beer Week. Um, so let's go t- around the table really quick, and if everybody could say their name what they do at the brewery, and give us a favorite Big Beer Week. It could be something that you're excited about this year or something from years past. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Mandy Herman. I am the taproom manager here at Lupulin Brewing Company. And I probably have to say that our uh, Barrel God Cuvées are some of my favorites. Um, Just uh, solid beers. Hello, my name is Danielle. I am the hospitality manager here at Lupulin, and my favorite beer is all of them. (laughs) All right, this is uh, Jeff Zier, one of the co-founders, president, and I guess jack of all trades lately, but anyhow, um, (laughs) you can edit that out, Dan. I wasn't sure what you were going to say after the word Jack, so I was, I was just bracing myself. For... And there it is, friends. That is the quote. Uh, yeah, we knocked it out in the first two minutes. Uh, he says Jack, then it goes, beep. 
All right. Wonk, wonk. <laughs> okay, so anyhow, I'd have to say my favorite uh, um, Big Beer Week is similar to what Mandy's is, the Barrel God Cuvée. I'm pretty excited for this year's uh, this year's blend of, I believe, Aaron will talk a little bit more, but I think that's a blend of four Barrel Gods this year. Last year was uh, three, and so um, pretty excited about that, again, for Barrel God Cuvées. Uh, my name is Mike. I am the lead brewer on the 30-barrel system here. I also do all of the infusions, so any infusion inside or out of our brewery is something I do. Uh, my favorite big beer week beers would be the Cuvées and also Night Witch. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Aaron Ziert. I'm the head innovation brewer here at Lupulin. Um, basically that means I'm in charge of our 10 barrel system and our two barrel aging programs. Uh, the, the clean beers, which are mainly the, the focus of big beer week and Scribbled Lines, which is our mixed culture wood-aged program. Uh, my favorite Big Beer Week beer typically, I would say, is either one of the Demigods or the Barrel God Cuvée, just because they tend to uh, have a little bit more complexity with the specialized blends that we do for those. Um, otherwise, the uh, triple IPA that we release each year is usually pretty on point, too. So thanks for having us, Dan. Yeah, we got one more here. Yo, Marcus here, uh, marketing and artistic director. I do all the cool art stuff. Uh, my favorite beer, hands down, Coconut Vanilla Demigod. Uh, I think it's the best liquid we ever made, and I'm really excited that it's coming back this year. Well, that's saying something, because uh, you all make a lot of really wonderful liquids. Uh, as <laughs> that sounds weird, <laughs> and we're at a brewery, not just a, a room in a hospital. <laughs> so, um, so let's let's start off. Obviously, so how many years? Uh, how many years has this big beer week been happening? This is I know we were some of you were debating about um, what number year this actually was. So, yeah, this is um, actually our seventh big beer week. Um, we started this off in 2017, um, and obviously uh, we, we've been able to have it successfully every year. Uh, 2020, um, we got it in right before we got shut down with COVID, and um, which was really great. Um, so uh, we do eight straight days. It's always the first full week of March. Um, typically Sunday to Sunday. So um, in 2021, um, that was a little bit different. Um, we had to still deal with some of the COVID restrictions, so we had some special things in place. But this year we're pretty excited, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the program of trying to get back to pre-COVID here um, and activities and lots of uh, fun beers to drink in 2023. Awesome. Well, that's a good uh, segue into the first question. I know that probably if you live in Big Lake, if you follow Lupulin on social media, you know about Big Beer Week. If you're, I, I'm, I'm going to say I'm kind of envious of anybody who gets to do this for the first time because <laughs> the, the, the awe and wonderment when you walk in and see all the beers that are on tap and just kind of like... Not just the amount, but also the breadth of styles that you all put out during Big Beer Week is just a thing of beauty. And, you know, I just, I remember my first time 
And it, when I when I think about first big beer week time, that's not get your minds out of the gutter. That was. <laughs> It's very fresh in my mind. It was three weeks ago. Um, so uh, that was... Uh, but Big Beer Week is just a wonderful thing. And I guess before we start talking about the logistics, I think about um, several other... A lot of other breweries do some type of celebration. Was there any kind of... Did you take inspiration from um, any other breweries and kind of how they all celebrated their kind of high ABV beers? I mean, I think I definitely take inspiration from a lot of places, but if we had to pick one that was probably the primary driver, uh, was a local example, Town Hall Brewery has their, their barrel-aged week, which is now, I think, a barrel-aged two weeks. Yes. Or barrel-aged month, potentially. Well, it was, it was um, barrel-aged month that one year, and this year it's barrel-aged two weeks from February 13th to the 25th. Yeah, so they were definitely our primary inspiration. It's a wonderful event that they put on every year, a fantastic display of uh, barrel-aged um, expertise. Yeah, um, yeah. And so if, if we can live up to what they're doing each year, I think we're doing a pretty good job. I think that's a, that's a, that's a, nice, a nice bar to, to aim for because um, they, they do a really great job. Um, so if you haven't been, what, what give, give us kind of like, um, let's talk logistics first. I know things have kind of, you, Jeff, you mentioned that you have been able to do it every single year because you got it in right before everything shut down in 2020. So do you want to talk about what logistically, what can people expect and maybe what is going to be different? And we actually, we're going to have, um, Mandy and Danielle kind of take the lead on, on this part of the conversation. So what, what should people know, uh, who are coming in to celebrate big beer week? Uh, we are really excited to have it this year with, uh, less COVID restrictions. Um, we're excited to have our new event space, the Stave, open for people to enjoy. Um, we won't directly be outside quite as much this year in the chilly frigidness, so hopefully we'll be having a great time in the Stave. Um, we won't be doing tickets or reservations this year, which is extremely exciting. Um, we got some great music and some great food. Um, we're doing a preview um, social hour with some... Um, great appetizers and a preview of some beers and a special opportunity for you to buy um, bottles that will not be for sale during Big Beer Week or really any other time. So it's an exciting it's an exciting week for us. When will that uh, preview be and how does one get uh, to partake in that fun time? It is February 21st and keep an eye out for tickets coming out here very soon. Awesome. Man, did you have anything to add? <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. You did a great job. Okay. Um, yeah. Logistically, I mean, I'll jump in. For anyone that's maybe not familiar with Big Beer Week, uh, the basic gist of it is eight days of eight or eight days of big beers. Pretty much everything is over ten percent ABV. We'll have a daily bottle release or can release. We'll have a daily infusion and multiple releases from uh, our stash, like 42 beers throughout the week overall going on tap. Now, for those of you who are not here, uh, sitting around the table, uh, we, there's, they, there's, a, there's a cheat sheet here um, that, that reads kind of like, I don't know, an IRS complicated tax form. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of information. So, yeah, I think that that is... Um, 
That's probably a good a good uh, good place to go next. So, as you mentioned, it starts on Sunday, March fifth, and I'm just gonna count out loud for all of you people who love math. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Those are draft releases. Uh, and then we've got a four-pack and crowler release, something called Beverage Machine. At first, I was like, is this an 80s band that's going to be playing in the tap room? But it looks like it's some type of uh, triple, sci- <laughs> triple sci-fi PA. Yes. Our, th- our theme this year is uh, kind of retro sci-fi. Okay. So our triple IPA release is right in that vein. I like that. And then the infusion that releases at 12 noon, ANSI in our Pansy 19 blueberry pancakes. And that's just the first day. For a lot of, <laughs> I mean, for some breweries, this might be the, the list of big beers they do for the entire year. So Got to start with a bang. Puts it a little <laughs> bit into perspective. Um, so let's, uh, let's maybe delve in uh, to, there's, there are 42 total beers that are being released. And I think that's pretty exciting. Um, do we want to, I think maybe one of the things we can, we can kind of go down the list, and do we want to highlight some of the ones, I know that you mentioned barrel, or uh, excuse me, bottle releases, and so there's bottle releases that are going to be happening, and, and are those, do they need to be, if somebody wants to buy a bottle, is there a specific process that they need to go through, can they reserve bottles online, or is it just like first come, first serve? Uh, you, you line up the night before, like you used to do in the 80s for concert tickets, you know, grab your sleeping bag in a tent. How's that going to work? Uh, typically, we put the bottles onto our Square Online store um, about an hour before the taproom opens. Um, so if you can't make it that day, you still have a good way of being able to reserve your bottle to pick up later in the week. Um, otherwise, we do have them for sale. And uh you can just pick them up right when you get into the line to grab your first uh, tasty beverage and uh, have that to take home with you right away. Okay, sounds good. So let's look at this list. I've got uh, Sunday, March fifth. I'm gonna I'm going to read <laughs> I'm gonna read the beers and the ABVs and the style and make sure you're sitting down because and have a a safe word ready. Um, so we've got Beverage Machine, which is a 10.5 percent triple sci-fi PA. We've got Adult Sophistication, which was my nickname in third grade because I read at a very high level. Uh, that comes in at 12.5%, and that is a barley wine. Is that a English or American-style barley wine? Uh, definitely more American-style. Okay, all right. Uh, we've got We Heavy. Come in. This, this is the session beer at 8.8%. Uh, traditional Scottish We Heavy Ale. We've got barrel-aged lateralis with cacao and vanilla. That's 13.1%. That is an imperial stout aged in wild turkey bourbon barrels with cacao and vanilla. We've got barrel-aged polar nottens from 21 at 12%. That is an imperial... That's, that's one of my favorites. Imperial coffee stout aged one year in a Tattersall Aquavit barrel. We've got barrel-aged Polar Nottens from ni- not 1920. 20, yeah. Hey, and then we're going to go down. Uh, no, that's the uh, 2020. Sorry, I get, get my centuries mixed up. Um, that's at 12, 12.75. That is a barrel-aged Imperial Stout with coffee and cacao. Uh, Stormborn, 
12% red wine barrel-aged imperial brown ale with Brett. That's interesting. Belgian quad, 12%. That's a Belgian-style quad. It's in the name. And then Whiskey Nuts <laughs> 21 at 13%. That's an imperial brown ale aged in whiskey barrels. Now, we've got this beverage machine four-pack. Let's talk about that. Is that is that a four different beers or just a, a four-pack of triple sci-fi PA? Just a four-pack 16-ounce cans. Oh, okay. All right. All right. And then the infusion released that day, as I mentioned earlier, is Ancy and Our Pansy 19 Blueberry Pancakes. That's at 11%. Um, so that's, that's quite a, that's a nice lead-off hitter to set the tone. Um, of those beers, are any of the ones that are going to be on draft on that Sunday, are any of these new or um, any, any ones that you're like, we're happy to see this? Maybe it hasn't been around for a couple years. Uh, so beverage machine, it will be a brand new, super fresh triple IPA, um, sci-fi triple sci-fi PA, <laughs> never before brewed. Um, be using a a cool kind of new age yeast um, that's been pretty exciting to play with, and then also some um, some new and old favorite hops in there. Uh, it's Simcoe, Lotus, Nectaron, and Citra Cryo. So the okay. Nectaron being one that we haven't actually used before, but it's a a newer uh, variety, uh, variety New Zealand hop. I had that was featured in one of the IPAs that Headflyer did, and that was really good. So cool. I'm yeah, we're excited. excited to use it. Yeah, that's cool. and that's you said that's the first time you've used It'll that be one our before? first time okay. using that hop. Yep, exciting, exciting. Um, and then so then we go to Monday, March sixth. We've got Barrel God twenty three Russell's Reserve ten year. That's 13.9%, an imperial stout aged in Russell's Reserve 10-year bourbon barrels. Barrel God 17, that's going in the Wayback Machine. I'm surprised there's any left the way the thirsty folks come in here. That is the last keg of it. Oh, the last keg of Barrel God 17, that's 10.5%. That's an imperial stout aged in rum barrels. We've got barrel-aged William the Conqueror at 12%. That's a barrel-aged, excuse me, barley wine aged, ooh, aged in port wine barrels. Is that, has that ever been done before? Is that... Yeah, so that is that's one that we I think it was originally packaged in 2020. Okay. Um, okay. So we've But it was not available it, in 1920, is what you're saying? Just so the <laughs> just so the listeners understand. I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then we've got uh just regular regular William the Conqueror. Yeah, so those 12. are both just uh beers that we've had cellared kind of amongst the the stash that we save for this event okay. on, on a yearly basis. Okay. Um, then we after that looks like uh, this was and now this next one is a bottle release. So Barrel God twenty three Russell's Reserve ten year thirteen point nine percent. This is an Imperial Stout aged in Russell's Reserve ten year bourbon barrels. Now this is a new one. Yep. Okay. Um, what uh, I've never had Russell's bourbon before. Um, what can people expect or what did you, what interesting things did you feel the beer picked up from the barrel? On the spot. On the spot. On the yeah, spot. That's, um, 
No, he thinks. There's no softballs here in a one pine stand. I'm pretty do much we, the beer version of uh, he Ted thinks, Koppel asking we, the tough questions. Do we know on that barrel guide that 2017 being the last keg, is that a sixth or a half barrel? It's definitely a sixth. Okay. So people want to get here early that day. Yeah. There's only five gallons. Yeah, I mean of you can beer. expect like the older the older <laughs> the beer is like the longer ago it was released, the less of it we have left. Sure. And generally those really old ones will just be one sixth available for the week and when it's gone, it's gone. Hence the reason we're able to have more beers released throughout the week than we have tap lines available, because we anticipate that throughout the week beers will blow on a daily basis. Yeah. Now this is just thinking outside the box because a lot of a lot of you probably know me. I'm an idea man. Um, since it is such a limited amount, do you think this would be kind of a fun thing to have in the stave? You could give uh, different customers like Nerf Nerf uh, foam weapons to fight for like the last glass to kind of be a, like a battle royale type thing. I think that'd make for some live content con content from for the marketing people Let's to just get that going. I'm sold. Let's do so that it. could be cool. All right, now what are we? What are we? Aaron is pouring some type of liquid into a glass. What? Now we already I have. I have to help myself answer your question. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Got the. Uh... So, because we now we have. See, I'm just getting thirsty. Now we're now, now we're getting out some glasses, and we've got all sorts of fun stuff happening here. Using uh, your tablet as a coaster. Very nice, Marcus. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so I'm guessing this is the, we're just, we're just diving into the, the Russell's. Yeah. The Russell's. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of a fun thing we can all taste as you kind of explain and talk, talk us through. Um, this is the one thing when we preview big beer week, the, once you see the, the, the cap, the bottle opener coming out, it's, it's all hands on deck and all systems go. Game so on. we other, have oh. now. There's another liquid in our glass here. I was going to say though, uh, while we're while Aaron's pouring, you'll notice Dan that uh, we're pouring from 330 mil bottles yeah. as opposed to the 750 mil. So this year, that's also a new change um, for us, um, and that's due in part to one. Um, passing of the 2022 uh, bill, which allows us to um, serve in different sizes up to 128 ounces per person per day. And in the past, we were only able to do 750s because that was considered a, a growler at okay. that time. So um, we're able to, one, um, gives people the opportunity to um, not have to share it, or it's a little, with it being a big beer, it's um, a nice way to split it amongst two people because it's really only six ounces a person, about a 12 ounce, 12 ounce bottle as opposed to a 25 ounce bottle. I I really appreciate that. I love it when breweries have these bigger beers offered in a smaller vessel because oftentimes, you know, when I was a young buck in my mid twenties, I could I could house a 750 on my own. It was no problem. But now that I'm in my mid 40s now um i like to i you know if i'm at home watching 60 minutes i don't want to drink a 750 i want to drink something a little bit less volume and this is like the perfect size to kind of like have something because there's no i mean once you've opened up the bottle you can't really 
put a cork in it, you know. Um, believe me, I've tried. Uh, so <laughs> let's... Well, this, this smells really, really good. Yeah, so to partially answer your question about, like, why the Russell's Reserve 10-year and kind of more generally, like, why any specific barrels we choose to use from from year to year, uh, kind of my biggest, my biggest uh, thing I'm looking for um, is the freshness, like getting the thing that was dumped most recently in here to fill because those um, perform the best for aging beer. Yeah. Um, it's not always uh, that important. Um, like what the brand is, you know, the more expensive whiskeys don't necessarily make better barrel-aged beer, but uh, having very freshly dumped barrels is incredibly important. Uh, so in an, like once we have the beer in the tank ready to go for barrels, I'm reaching out to uh, some of our broker friends and finding out what we can get that is the most freshly dumped. Okay. And that's my main concern. Sure, sure. And then a secondary concern to that is it, it's fun to, to play around with new barrels that we haven't used previously. So I'm not wedded to one one brand or another, uh, but we like to we like to try different things. And we like the barrels to be freshly dumped. One thing I appreciate about a lot of the the different variety of barrels you've used over the last several years is it's quite a variety of different bourbons. Um, have you found that barrels have been easier or harder to come by, given the fact that it seems like every facet of our economy the last couple of years has been hindered with supply chain issues. Does that find its way into uh, how you source your barrels? Yeah, it's absolutely had an effect. Uh, prices have gone up. The availability has gone down. Um, I haven't had the luxury to be maybe quite as picky as we've been able to be in the past. Sure. Um, but mm. you work with what you got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I suppose at that point, then it does become, okay, these are our barrels. Let's, you know, if you gave, if you picked 10 random brewers, give, gave them each the same barrel, the beers would all still be different because I imagine the barrel aging process is quite difficult to master. And you all have been doing this for quite a long time. Do you want to talk a little bit about that process and, and kind of are you still, is every year when you're putting beer into barrels and waiting for it to do its thing, do you kind of learn every year? Or is it something that like like you're, like when you're baking a chocolate chip cookie, once you've got the good recipe in the process, nothing changes? Uh, I would say that we are constantly learning new things about barrel aging that does it doesn't necessarily mean that we're all of the time improving mm -hmm. um i would say that you know generally we've it, it's it's about small tweaks and and realizing um some things that worked well and some things that didn't work quite as well and adjusting process. But then it, it's also such a long time frame to be able to see the results of what you're doing too. So the adjustments are made over at a kind of a glacial pace. Yeah. Um, so really you would see 
potentially major changes in barrel aging techniques um, play out over a couple of years versus from year to year Yeah. Um, right away. Hey, thank you for listening. Hopefully you're enjoying a one-pint stand. My aim is to help spread the word about craft beer. Enjoying craft beer is a passion of mine, and I love chatting about it with other people. One Pint Stand has a goal of helping breweries tell their stories. I love to get out in and beyond Minnesota to visit breweries, beer bars, and meet other interesting beer people. If you are also into those things, you'll probably want to keep tabs on the show. So go ahead and follow a One Pint Stand on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We would also appreciate any and all positive reviews on iTunes to help move us up in the queue and make it easier for other like-minded beer geeks to find us. If you like reading about craft beer, I started my own beer blog, and all my writing can be found at a onepintstand.com. After writing for eight years at ed- as editor-in-chief at Beer Ploma, it was definitely time to start my own blog. So, make sure you check out the blog for some interesting craft beer content of the written variety. I truly appreciate you listening and taking time to enjoy our stories. Now, back to the show. So, this, this, uh, this Russell's 10-year bourbon deliciousness... It's getting getting a little warmer in my hand. It's pretty smooth, this beer, and it's got some nice... It's just got a really nice color. The head is just like this wonderful, kind of like dark brownish, almost like chocolate coffee-ish kind of a, a color. Um, what, are, what, what are you... I definitely smell the bourbon in the nose. It's very present. Um, I kind of like it has, there's like some fruit, some molasses, some dark chocolate, but it's really smooth. Um, Were you, as you were tasting this along, um, at what point did you start to think that, okay, maybe this, this beer might be something we could put in the lineup for this year? Uh, so generally, uh, one of kind of my um, guiding principles in barrel aging is to not check on the stuff that often okay. and not that early, um, just because every time you open up that barrel in whatever way you are to extract a sample that is introducing additional oxygen into the beer and um, oxygen is kind of our greatest enemy, to, despite the fact that barrel-aged high-alcohol beer sitting in oak casks is inherently receiving oxygen, and some of that oxygen plays a role in creating flavors that we like also. Mm-hmm. We still want to minimize. Uh, we don't want excess oxygen to... Like, we're not trying to expedite that process. Right. Um, because then you'll end up getting things that tastes like cardboard and sherry and um just less desirable flavors a lot sooner than you would hope for right um so i mean usually around around december or so each year i will um start checking in on things that we uh put in to barrels the previous like november to january 
um, and determining what out of that stock are good candidates to pull out and package for the upcoming Big Beer Week. Okay, okay. So, Yeah, this is, um, I think this tastes pretty good. I, <laughs> I'm kind of excited about this. Um, and this will be, again, available for purchase uh, in the bottle on Monday, March 6th. Yes. Uh, and in the 330 milliliter bottles. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah. This is, I, and then while we're at it, um, as I'm looking at March 6th here, we've got <laughs> Hose Monster, better than sex cake. Yeah, dude. <laughs> 12.12%. This is a barrel aged imperial stout with salted caramel. Cacao nibs, vanilla, English toffee, and lactose. And uh. <laughs> Easy, buddy. <laughs> it's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we're going to... Mike, you are a master of infusions around here and trying to keep Marcus at <laughs> the right Pleased. equilibrium before the barometric pressure tiger. gets to him. Um, do you want to talk to us a little bit about this uh, infusion and, and maybe some of the other infusions and maybe kind of as Aaron just did give us kind of like a little, a little bit of a, like a cliff notes version of, of that process. All right. Yeah. Uh, so with the hose monster better than sex cake, we were having our meeting trying to think of, you know, what for each infusion we're doing and just off of like, you know, the hose monster kind of playing off of the hose. We were kind of <laughs> mind in the mind in the gutter a little bit and say more about that. <laughs> somebody popped up a better than sex cake and I'm like, what the heck is a better than sex cake? And okay, can I I wanna intervene for a moment? But like my aunt Joni <laughs> used to make this it would they called it with with my aunts and my mom they called it better than Robert Redford cake. <laughs> and I'm like I was like five years old and I'm like who's Robert Redford and why is this cake better than and so it was now I immediately since you said that I have like this reference point now it was like a chocolate cake that they'd poke holes to and basically pour toffee into and then there was like frosting on top. Oh my. It was quite delicious. Um, anyhow, that's neither here nor there. Uh, continue. Yeah. But so that's kind of how that one came to be. Uh, for the most part with all of our infusions, uh, especially with Big Beer Week. So I usually get with Aaron uh, a little bit before some of our meetings. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> different kind of get with. Uh, but <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> but figure out what we still have in the stash, what's available, what are we going to be kind of releasing, what beers we have to work with, kind of narrow down uh, for the infusion list. And then once we have that, kind of narrow down to like here's maybe like 15 or 16 beers we have to work with that we can narrow down to eight of them. We'll kind of look at, you know, what did we do last year? What went over real well? Was there anything that was like a standout that like maybe we do want to bring it back? And maybe not necessarily with that same beer, but maybe something similar? Or do we want to do something totally different? And sometimes like a beer like Hose Monster, you're like, hmm, what do we, uh, better than sex cake. You know, it just pops right into your head. So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> along with a plethora of other things, it's <laughs> wonderful. Um, looking at the list, is, is there, I mean, 
sometimes I've found like asking somebody who brews beer to to identify a favorite is like asking a parent yeah, which to, kids to say favorite. which kids your favorite. But do you have a a favorite on here that that you want to talk about? Yeah, Other than I mean, the hose monster, because I think we could probably do a, do a podcast on that. Yeah, well, um, and the hose monster, I'm excited for because we have never made an infusion like that before. So I'm excited to see how that one turns out. You know, should be should be really good. I'm excited about that. Uh, the Scotcheroo was a super big hit last year. That one turned out really good. So I'm super excited for that one. Uh, which is going to be in our barrel-aged lateralis, which will be on Thursday, March 9th. Okay. Um, our Belgian quad oatmeal cookie, which will be on Wednesday, March 8th. Uh, we've done that one before for, like, a smaller event, if I remember right. And Sour Summer Work Week? Uh, no. Maybe that's what it, No, we did it before No, that was that. a different oatmeal cookie. We've done yeah. a few oatmeal cookie infusions but yeah, it was that are usually one a where just It tasted just like an oatmeal cookie, and it was amazing, so... Kind of one of those, like, recipes to kind of, you know, keep in your back pocket. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, those are some of the ones that I'm really excited for um, from, like, kind of ones we've done before. Um, The other one that I'm kind of excited for, too, which is on the first day, the Antsy and Our Pantsy Blueberry Pancakes, because being that Antsy and Our Pantsy has maple syrup in it kind of went well with that kind of already having some of that syrupy note and then bringing in the kind of blueberry pancakes with that. Yeah, that's fun. It's, it's, um, what is, can you just talk like, how do you, what is the process for infusion? How do you get those flavors in infused in the beer? So a lot of like the stuff that we come up with since I've made, I I don't even know how many infusions now I've been doing this for, quite a few years with the Bradhams every single week and now doing them once yeah, a month. Yeah, it's got to be like in the hundreds. Events, like. Oh, it's, yeah, way, yeah, way in the hundreds. Um, so a lot of trial and error, remembering what went well, what didn't go well, stuff like, oh, we need, you know, next time we use that, we need to boost that, or next time, holy crap, that was way too much of that, next time, cut it in half. And uh, so a lot of it stems from just doing tons of infusions and kind of learning what goes well with things, what things don't work. Um, and yeah, basically what I'll do is once we kind of figure out what we're going to do, I'll write up the recipe, start getting everything ordered, get it in here. And then I'll typically like on a Monday, I'll make the infusion. So I'll get everything into a keg, all the ingredients, rack the beer onto it. Then I'll rack it back out on a Thursday, let it chill in the cooler overnight. And now, uh, we have the like Blickman kind of quick carb, like the homebrew kind of setup. So then I can recarb the beers up um on that friday so it's kind of like a one week kind of process to get them kind of back in so you know monday you rack them into a secondary keg to sit until thursday they get racked back into the original keg friday they get carbonated and then they're good to go and then if they go into a pin after they're carbonated on friday they'll go right into a pin okay so what's been you said you mentioned like what's a what's a you know, you're, you're looking for things at work, but like, can you think of an example of like, I'm like on paper, this is going to be a, a home run and you did it. And it was like, Whoa, we can't, we can't, that, that was, that was crazy. Bacon bits. <laughs> well, bacon so bits. to be fair with the bacon bits, when we, when I used to make the infusions, I would leave the infusion in the keg and okay. then we would serve off of that keg. 
So when the bacon bits that were in there, so I mean, it it probably still would have been bad, but it tasted like straight soy sauce. It did, but the fact that you're pulling off the bottom of the keg, the only with bad everything right there, like, I mean, if we would have pulled it off and it wouldn't have sat as long, it may have been better. Okay. Not, yeah, it definitely was not good. Okay. So it was a learning experience, but it also helped, you know, move towards, hey, we can't let this stuff sit in the infusion keg and then serve off of that. Like, that had to change. Sure. Um, one interesting one we did is we tried to do one with Snickers. And so you're figuring, okay, well, we'll just blend up a bunch of Snickers, toss them in there. Like, it has everything in it. Why wouldn't it taste like Snickers? Works for my breakfast shakes in the morning. Why yeah, so... <laughs> After you, don't, you don't get this this shape for just, a, just with Cheerios, folks. It's a, it's a regimen. It's a, <laughs> Like so, a carb pre-workout, right? Bingo. <laughs> so after I rack the infusion and we sample it, I'm like, this tastes like peanut brittle. This doesn't taste like Snickers. But then you start thinking about it and you're looking at an actual Snickers. There's like a millionth of an inch of chocolate on the thing. So there's like no chocolate on it. And it's basically just nougat, peanuts. And it was like, that was all we got in there. So we ended up having to like, you know, no, we're not calling it a Snickers. We're just going to call sure. it peanut brittle. Yeah. And, you know, so certain things have been weird like that where you're like, oh, if we just take this ingredient, throw it in there, it should kind of taste like that. Not at, not at all. Interesting. So for the most part with stuff, I will basically dissect it and go, well, here's how you make it. Here's all the ingredients that go in it. And then I'll take that and kind of base my levels off of... That, you know, instead of just buying, like, you know, a bunch of Snickers, blending them up and throwing <laughs> yeah. them in. I've got this image of Mike in a lab with glasses and a, <laughs> like hostess cupcakes. And he's like, I'm kind of... Have you not seen the mad scientist, Mike? Yeah, those videos do exist. <laughs> That's exactly how I do it. That's awesome. I punch it real hard. <laughs> <laughs> Easy now. Uh, awesome. That's cool. So, um, what's... So, we've got... Antsy and our pansy, and I'm just, I'm just gonna I'm just running down looking at the infusions right now. So yep. Antsy and our pansy, uh, hose monster better than sex cake. We heavy raspberry pie, Belgian quad oatmeal cookie, barrel aged lateralis scotcheroos, tropical beverage machine, uh, lateralis caramel delights, and then we've got CSAV. Copy shop assault vehicle. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Tiramisu. Oh that's okay. Have you ever? That's that's a new one, right? That is Not, a new yes. one. Okay, I'm, that will be. That's on Sunday, March twelfth. Yep, that'll be the final final one. Yeah, I love tiramisu. Got to hook them all the way to the end of the week. Yeah, yeah, and is that some of the? I know, like sometimes the thought process of like when you're releasing things, like, okay, like you don't want people to get fatigue, and this is this is a lot of things. It's gonna happen. Do you? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, with forty-two beers, my God. Um, but is it purposeful? Do you save kind of like a really special one for the end to kind of like? You know, like so I'm, I've never run a marathon, but I do play a lot of Tetris. I feel like <laughs> when you're at level eight, you, you need a reason to continue. Is that so? Is this like coffee shop assault vehicle tiramisu infusion? Is this like the carrot to kind of all right? Hey, you know, yeah, your liver is telling you we need a break, but <laughs> we have one if last. You can make it up here on Sunday, March. One last 12th, banger for you. We got something special for you. Is that part of the thought process, or is it just like, nah, we'll just kind of? I think that came up a conversation. We definitely talked about having something something real good at the end of the week. 
Um, I don't know if we mentioned it yet or not, but there is other motivation for people to come all eight days. Uh, if you're not familiar with Big Beer Week, if you come... Oh, yeah. When you show up on day one, you'll get a punch card. Um, and then every day that you show up, you don't necessarily have to order a beer. You just got to show up to get a punch in your punch card. If you come four out of the eight days, you get a free t-shirt with some pretty sick art on it. If you come all eight days, you get the the super cool extra fancy t-shirt. Kind of breaking rights enabled. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm going to say... As somebody who is a ginormous fan of your artistic brilliance, Marcus, well, thank I you. love, I look forward to the t-shirt designs every year. And you're wearing last year's As are you, day. sir. Yes. I, last year's eight day, which was the opulent octopus yeah. wearing crown. Hashtag twin. It's going to be a tough one to top. Yeah. It's probably my favorite thing that I've designed to yeah. date. And Jeff is wearing one from a... The 2019 one, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a the lot. introduction of the controversial pentagram. <laughs> and the cool thing about Moose is an eight day, and I'm assuming you're gonna carry it through. Uh, it's been every other year. Oh, it has been. Every um, other but we year didn't. Did we do it last year? Yeah. No, we didn't do it last year. I don't think there's a concert shirt on the back of my. No, it just says the year. I so, do, I do like the concert shirt type with yeah, all the things. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Where it's all in the back. metal font. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. I don't even know. It's what they throw a bunch of sticks on the ground. They're like, "That's our band name." <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how that works. Uh, yeah. We're also uh, toying around with the idea. Um, can't confirm yet if this is going to happen, but we're working on it. Uh, if you come all eight days, you may have the opportunity to purchase an extra super fancy garment, and I will leave that at that. Ooh, teaser. Tease. That's exciting. I know you're you're sitting here, you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, what could it be? Could it be a beret? Could it be big... It will not be a beret. Okay, well you've just alienated our French listeners. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, maybe next year. Yeah, that's mm. that's exciting. That's cool. Well and we're we're not gonna say anything more about this. Because if I know anything about these big beers, they can be liquid truth serum. So we're just gonna whoop, stop talking about that right now. So you gotta keep your eyes and ears peeled to the Lupulin social media. There may be some breadcrumbs coming out soon. Um but I can that, talk about a couple other new things. One okay. other new thing. Uh, something we have requested quite a few times in the past is printed posters of the artwork. So Ooh. we are going to finally go down that route this I can, year. Because uh, my, my Farrah Fawcett one from the 90s is looking a little <laughs> rough. Is she up in your it's, ceiling it's, still? Yeah, like, pretty much. Yeah, don't, yeah. yeah y- my y- wife isn't crazy about it, but I'm like, hey, it's my, my favorite actress. Farrah Fawcett. I remember Bo Derek. Yes. Bo Derek. Here, here we go. In the knitted, she was right above my bed. Somebody get some ice oh, water. All right, Jeff is he's out of his element. Aaron, how? <laughs> that was when I was a kid living at home, and oh lord. All right. <laughs> so Aaron, back to you the merchandise. In your father's footsteps. What do you have on your ceiling? <laughs> A poster of Ronaldo. And uh, okay, we saw that kitty cat poster in your room. <laughs> okay, uh, now so if this is a this this the conference room up here at Lupulin is a magical place because you can look away for a second and then you look back and there's all of a sudden, bing, another glass of something exciting uh, in our glass. So what? Now these are all unmarked bottles. Um, so I don't know what what is what. So what what is the mo- what just got poured in here? Beer. So I just poured the Barrel God 2023 release 
but aged in 1792 bourbon barrels as opposed Ooh. to Russell's Reserve tenure. Now that barrel, uh, that bottle release is happening on Tuesday, March 7th. Correct. And I, I do, I am quite familiar with 1792 bourbon. I really like that one. It's a good value bourbon. Mm-hmm. I feel Excellent. like as I'm, I'm kind of just getting into bourbon. And so that was one of the ones that was recommended to me by a lot of people who said it's got, it's a great drinking bourbon for, it's not going to break the bank. So I'm kind of excited to try this. So uh, how did you go about getting your hands on a 1792? Uh, the same way that we go about getting basically all of them. I reached out to uh, the brokers that we work with and um, requested their list of the you know most recently dumped things. And uh, this was one of the things that popped out because um, I also have enjoyed 1792 bourbon. It's yeah. definitely uh, I, my my first experience with it actually was probably three or four years ago, Mike bought me a bottle for Christmas. Um, and he bought that bottle because he asked one of our salespeople at the time what a, like the best bourbon he could get for under $25 or something, whatever. Yeah. So, you know, like a very reasonable price. And uh, this is what was recommended to him. And it was, I mean, quite quite good. Yeah. So as I'm smelling these glasses side by side, I've still got a little bit of the Russell's Reserve in here. They smell very different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the, one of the things that I think we've talked about in years past, but one of my favorite things about like doing barrel gods without adding any adjuncts, but having different bourbons to play with or, or different spirits. Um, but just having the exact same beer, this is both of these beers were this one batch of beer that was brewed all at once, it fermented in a tank all together, and then the barrels got filled on the same day. Um, and the only, literally, the only difference between these two is the spirit bar- barrels that they went into. Um, so being able to kind of pick out differences in the spirits um, through their uh, interplay with our. Um, our beloved Imperial Stout base uh, is is a fun way to learn more about each of those bourbons as well. Yeah, this I, and this is just my take. Kind of a novice when it comes to trying to like pick up bourbon in a beer. But the first, the Russells, there's a lot more wood smell aroma now that I'm kind of going back and forth, which is really interesting. I haven't tasted the second one yet. Oh, this is a lot sweeter. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It's got deeper chocolate. Deeper chocolate and maybe just like a little bit of like, like a- coffee. So would you get like... Hmm. Yeah, I feel like this has more dark chocolate, but a little bit sweeter. There isn't the, there's no, at least for me, there's no, um, there's no like dark fruit that, or, or kind of um, like the molasses essence that I was giving in the first one. Really interesting though. Still very smooth. Still very delicious. Um, still 
14%. Still, <laughs> After another glass, I think I'll be ready to try a cartwheel. Uh, that'll, be, that'll be nice. That's fun. Yeah, is it 14%? Doesn't taste like it. Doesn't. Pretty smooth. Wow. We could get a reel of you doing a cartwheel dance. <laughs> then you'd get a reel of me going to the hospital, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I know I, 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 look, I look more limber than I really am in real life once I <laughs> kick up my heels. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. And this, uh, so the 1792 uh, comes out... On Tuesday. Tuesday. In, is that, uh, and that's a 330 milliliter bottle as well. Yep. Okay. Interesting. All right. Yeah, these are both very, very, very good. Do you have a Do you have a favorite between these two? Uh, I think I prefer the the seventeen ninety two just a little bit. Why do you say that? I like it's got like a milk chocolate. I think kind of like sweetness to it. Um, the Russells I think is a little more uh, oaky and has some like. A little bit of like umami kind of flavors to yeah. it that just aren't necessarily my preference between the two of these. Now I'm getting some vanilla out of the first one too. And that probably a lot of that is the, the oakiness. Yeah, yeah. This is why, this is why, so this is just like for beer in general. If you're going to drink something this complex, do it with a, a group. And talk about it. That's the fun. Th- it's one of the many fun things about beer is kind of geeking out and like, what do you taste? And then like, as it as the temperature of the beer changes, more things will become more apparent and just fun, fun stuff. I love I love barrel aged beers. It's a nice social aspect about the beer industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really good. So are we gonna do the cuvee of this too? I'm really excited about that one because Dan asked you which one you like between yeah, these two the barrel gods. Third or fourth time, the cuvee will be one of the six <laughs> beers that we that we that we taste during this podcast. Because I'm really interested in seeing what the with the blend of the the 1792 plus your the, level of interest is shown in. Uh, in my expression. <laughs> Aaron is such a sass monster. Shots, <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> so, wow. Okay, before now I don't want to I, I don't want to bury the lead here. We have had there since we started talking, there is also this 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 beer. Yeah. What what is this one? So that first beer that we um, began with when we started the podcast is Rye Nuts. Which uh, is a new name for an old friend um, because we got sick of fighting with the uh, TTB about what we can name the beer and whether we can sell it outside of Minnesota or not because of what we named it. So Whiskey Nuts. Oh, um, okay for multiple reasons, was not ever approved by the TTB as a name. Uh, putting the name of a spirit in in your name is not allowed. So having whiskey in oh, the okay. name isn't allowed unless you say, like, whiskey barrel-aged. And oh, then, like, okay. that phrase is there. But if you say whiskey, they take that as implying that there's whiskey added to it. Um, so rye is also a denominator for a spirit, but it is also a grain that is used in brewing. 
Um, so we feel pretty confident that they will not deny us for putting the word rye in our name. Fingers crossed. And then the other... What, have the, you thought about the bread lobby, though? They're going to come after you. <laughs> you want to... Okay, this is just an aside. You want to talk about a group of savages when it comes to temper. Don't and toast angry. their buns. There's still the second part that Aaron has to tell you about, So too. the other reason that Whiskey Nuts is not an acceptable name, according to the TTB and... People that don't know, the TTB is just the, the federal agency that um, regulates, uh, like, taxation and, um, like, naming and ingredients and stuff uh, for beer. Um, they, because the word nuts in the name is not allowed, but we for found the, with... So many allergies? Uh, well, I mean, it, it does have to do with that a little bit, potentially, um, but they say it's misleading because... It implies that there's nuts in the beer. Um, we found that they, if you switch the S at the end of the word for a Z. Like Zorbas. <laughs> uh, Zorbas. In Minnesota. We are not sponsored by Zorbas. <laughs> uh, Thank God for that. Um <laughs> If you if you change that S out for a Z, they have no problem with it. So with our, our standard brown ale two nuts, we were able to get that approved by adding a Z at the end. So now That was also some awesome can art thanks <laughs> to Marcus. <laughs> so now we we decided this year that we would um, because all of especially because all of this batch was aged in rye whiskey barrels specifically, that we would call it rye nuts with the z we can get it approved by the ttb we can send it to our sioux falls location and we can also send it outside of the state otherwise to wisconsin or you know north dakota south dakota other territories that we'd like to send uh barrel-aged beer occasionally sure. um this now becomes an option okay okay that's exciting this is a good, and this, I mean, that, that beer has been around for, this beer has been around for a long time, and I know it's a big fan favorite. Um, it's perfect temperature now, because we, I don't know, how did we miss that? I may, I missed that. I'm the moron here. That's, that's I definitely did gone. not miss that. Yeah. Well, not everybody. I think Mike finished it before Look, we little even turned the podcast the table. on. Danielle has, her, hers is drunk, too, that's already. Right. She, it's gone. Yeah, and there's so, a bite out of the glass. What's happened here? <laughs> so you talk about so whiskey nuts was, I believe, the first barrel aged beer we actually did that we had beer in barrels in 2015, late. Yeah, in the fall. It of was 2015, the Imperial Brown Ale that whiskey we nuts was the first thing we put, put into in. barrels. Yeah. yeah. And I think Roos, uh, kind of a more traditional, old school barrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that Imperial, one. American Imperial Stout was the other one that, within a, a, like a week or two of whiskey nuts, also went into barrels. Yeah, yeah, mm, yum. Well, we're we're so we're three beers in of the six that we're gonna try, and I think maybe this will be a good time to maybe take a little break. So we're gonna when we come back, the second part of the show is going to be finishing up the last three things, and then um, Marcus is going to share a little snippet from his upcoming book, Fifty Shades of Art. So that'll be fun. Uh, we'll see you in two and two. <laughs>
really offended you didn't tell me about the bug for a minute. <laughs> 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 Well, I know it sounds crazy, but that was just part one. <laughs> um, so that was, uh, again, this episode uh, is a, a two-parter. So you just heard part one of our preview of the Lupulin Brewing Company Big Beer Week. Again, that takes place starting on Sunday, March 5th, and going through Sunday, March 12th. They will release 42 different beers, each of which is above 10%. So plan a safe ride. Um, of those 42 beers, 16 are new and 26 are returning favorites. Remember, if you show up every day with a punch card and get it punched, you will be able to be in possession of the very sought after and very exclusive Big Beer Week t-shirt especially uh, designed by Marcus, who is the artistic genius up at Lupulin. And... Uh, if you're curious about what the last three bottle releases are, you'll just have to sit tight until this Thursday when part two of our Big Beer Week 2023 preview releases. Uh, and it's uh, if you think the first half was great, it was all recorded in one fell swoop and the, and the folks just get chattier. So uh, tune in for that. Again, this has been an episode of A One Pint Stand, a Minnesota craft beer podcast where the pants stay on, but the caps come off. Cheers. This is uh, Jeff Ziert, one of the co-founders, president, and I guess jack of all trades lately. But anyhow, um, <laughs> you can edit that out, Dan. <laughs> I wasn't sure what you were going to say after the word jack, so I was, I was just bracing myself. For <laughs> and there it is, friends. That is the quote. <laughs> uh, yeah, we knocked it out in the first two minutes. Uh, <laughs> he says jack, then I go, beep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wah, wah. <laughs>